everybody. Welcome to the Energy News Beat Podcast. My name's Stu Turley, President and CEO of the Sandstone Group. I've got a fantastic guest today. I'll tell you what, buckle up, sit back, and enjoy. Even put your tray table up, because we are going all over the place. Now, in order to find out what's going on in big oil and big energy, uh, there are regulatory issues coming around the corner you have to be ready for. As a CEO of a big company, you need to be able to have data on emissions, methane emissions, and you have to be able to support or you're going to be paying carbon tax or you're going to be paying methane or you're going to be paying all these things and your investors are not going to be happy happy with you. We have Sean Dunnigan here, and he is the president and CEO at Statalytics. Thank you, Sean, for stopping by the podcast. Well, Stu, it's a great honor, sir. And uh, I've heard so much about your podcast. It's legendary, (laughs) and it is a complete privilege and honor to be on. Well, you know what? I'll pay you later. And, you know, I'll be a sponsor of Safety Athletics here and uh, sponsor your outfit. How's that sound? Well, that'd be great. As okay. long as we can have the matching underwear, that'll be fantastic. All right. I knew I liked you from about the first 30 seconds that we started talking. Now, um, you and I were laughing about our uh, language barrier that we right. had here. I'm half Texas, half Oklahoman, and my wife does not understand me uh, either that. But I love your sense of humor. Both of us could have been game show hosts. That would have been a heck of a game show. Well, my mother said I should have been on the stage. Yeah, one with a trap door and a noose around my neck. <laughs> well, there's so many regulations and, and yep. everything about methane coming around the corner. And I, I think there's a crippling effect in the energy industry, in the big oil. And yes, we've got to take care of the environment. Yes, we've got to deliver the lowest cost kilowatt per hour. But boy, you got you, there is no ESG for the final reportings as you and I were kind of talking about without data or without accountability. Tell us what you guys do. Yeah, well, so um, I started Satellitics some ten years ago. It's a play on the word satellite and analytics. Okay. Um, we're based in Perrysburg, Ohio, or as we like to call it, the 751st most visited city in the nation. <laughs> um, and we. We, if you could visit, Stu, we're trying to get to 747 so that we can be confused with the greatest airline that ever flew above the Earth's surface, the jumbo jet. Um, so Satellitics was designed um, to be a software company that used a very unique set of algorithms. And without getting into the techno aspects of what we do, one of the 48 different algorithms we have measures methane. And the objective is pretty straightforward as a company. We only work for the industry. We don't work for NGOs, the regulator, the governments. We never want our customers to have to sleep with one eye open, wondering where this data is going. So we, I made that commitment. I'd have to be dead before we do any work for the others. But our goal is how early can we detect an event? And of course, methane is one of a basket or a series of challenges people face. But methane, in my opinion, has been sort of escalated to the top of the list. Yes. Um, uh, and, and you know, as you know, around the press, you've got people that want to see oil and gas shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's a very foolish position. My goal as a company is how early can we detect an event? 
And how quickly can we get you, the operational folks at the uh, oil and gas company or the big energy company, information about where it is, what it is, and how bad is it to then remediate? There's three consequences that you minimize. One, if you're leaking methane, you're not selling it. That's a loss of revenue. Number two, anytime you have an event, those costs to remediate escalate dramatically and quickly. And number three, if you can minimize everything, then you don't get into the ire of some of the third-party NGOs, regulators, or God forbid, Bloomberg News. So as a company, what we want to do is to be able to give very high degree of accuracy where you have an event. So instead of today's practice, of having people walk a series of infrastructure or um, you know, looking for the leak, we are actually sending them where the leak is with a high degree of confidence that they need their expertise there to remediate. Now, to your point about ESG, ESG is a roll-up, maybe looking once a quarter, maybe looking once a month, whatever, whatever that choice is. How effective are your capital improvements operational processes, operational aspects, how clever have they been in reducing your net emissions, particularly fugitive emissions? And that is a goal that's got the boardrooms um, stirred, I think is the right word, frightened in many cases, because they're not quite sure when they will be accused of A or B. Um, and that will be broadcast in the press. So, I mean, without getting into too much detail, that's sort of sort of my idea of where we are as a company. We develop three or four new algorithms every year. Our wow. next one to be released is CO2. Wow. Another measurement that people are very keen to understand in their operation. The regulatory and, and carbon tax, that is out of the park, Sean, huge. Because when you start taking a look at the carbon tax of production, uh, uh, coal fire plants would be a huge. Uh, I mean, you start taking a look at the the regulatory issues. Are you in the UK and EU, uh, or are you solely US based? So we actually we're we're a US based company, as I said, the seven hundred fifty first most visited city in the nation, Perrysburg. In case you'd forgotten, um, but we we have customers across the globe. Um, uh, sorry, Stu, I didn't mean to upset you there. Or don't, me up. don't, still keep going, sir. Don't we can go through this. I mean, you know, you get over me in the end. Um, I got a, I we, got advice here for defibrillators. Clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The paddle. <laughs> um, so we have um, we have representatives of the company in the in Europe. But we also partner with companies across the the world, so uh, parties. So, for example, let me give you an example of that. Um, And that is that um, let's say we're doing some work with an electrical utility and we're looking at forestry services. We're not expert arborists. So we work with arborist companies because we can delineate tree health, tree height, tree speciation. 38% 38% of all power outages are caused by trees falling on the line. So companies like ACRT Services, experts in that field, been in the business 80 years, they help us understand the nuances so that we can offer a really good answer to the electrical utilities. That sort of makes sense? So oh, across the globe, sir, 
Um, oh. And it's, you know, it's been an exciting ride. We're growing at about 300% a year as a company. It's been unbelievable. How fun is that? Like the big um, uh, companies like Duke Energy and uh, the big oil companies have got to be your sweet spot in some of those areas. It- so Duke Energy is our biggest client in the gas arena. And um, they are, you couldn't ask for a better client. Number one, yep. you know, they were very patient with us as we developed our, we use generative AI and AI at the heart or what's nice. called a convolutional neural network at the heart of our technology. And they were very forgiving in helping us get, so we trained the model so it was very accurate. Um, and from the very senior positions, the CEO there, Sasha Weintrop, is outstanding, all yep. the way through to the ground, the folks on the ground who without their cooperation, we wouldn't be where we were today. So Duke is a fantastic client. Um, BP was one of the early adopters of Satellitics and four years ago became a shareholder in Satellitics. And then um, our most frequent customer multiple times a week is Hess over their Buck and North Dakota operations. So, you know, when you've got customers like that uh, pushing you, uh, just a delight to work with, very forgiving, very understanding that, you know, we were in our early stages as they adopted our new disruptive technology. Um, it, it it just makes life so much easier, you know. That is so cool. Now, you yeah. mentioned per, the Permian. I love the folks at Duke. I've always had great. Um, yeah, super uh, company. The uh, good numbers, uh, good management yeah. means good numbers. Yeah. And I, I have all the respect in the world for Duke Energy because they're trying. They yep. want to do a balanced diet of energy. They want to do it all. They want to yep. have low cost. I yep. mean, just great managers. But you mentioned Permian. You mentioned yep. the EMP operators. Yep. Uh, are what side do you mind? I mean, do you go down into the small, smaller oil companies as well as clients? Yeah, I mean, there's there's no limit to the size of who we'd like to help. I mean, um, right. we we have customers in the Permian today. Um, one of, again, another excellent customer is Pioneer Standard that we have in the Permian. Nice. Um, and again, a treasure to work with, you know, very forward looking thought leaders. I mean, those are really uh, the types of customers you get blessed with. And, and we have the same thing in the electrical utility, too. And also in um, actually, here's a funny story. You ever seen Yellowstone? Uh, yes. Well, OK, so the ranch Yellowstone and the four sixes. You know, I always want to be rip. You know, I, I never get the part, but um, take people to the train station. You know, I love that. Um, but um, the the we detect invasive grass species because cattle they don't get fat quick enough if they eat this cheap grass which came from Asia. So we literally for those ranches detect where this invasive species are, and then our partner. Who, who is, again, experts in the field, they apply chemicals to restore the native grasses. And that's a company called Enview out of North Carolina. Um, no way. Yeah, yeah. Now, the, here's the interesting thing. Remember when we were first met, I said, we're a little Star Trekky. All of this data comes from satellite. So we task, which means we point satellites over the target area. Right. normally a set of infrastructure. And in this case, we use the infrared, near infrared and shortwave infrared. And we're looking at the patterns 
that are created in light. So when light hits methane, it creates a different pattern than when it hits propane. Yep. When light hits a healthy oak tree, it creates a different pattern than an unhealthy oak tree. And our software is able to determine not just the uh, that it's methane, but also the gas plume, so the fugitive plume that's created, and we right. measure that every 12 feet by 12 feet, and we measure it in a volume, ppm times m. And then we also measure the flow rate, which is the source of the leak and how much is flowing out of it. So with our friends at Duke, we're literally measuring down to less than one kilogram an hour. Wow. You and know. for our oil and gas people in the field, because yeah. when you think about oil and gas, you've got a bigger open space. Right. And what you have to account for at the precise location are things like wind direction, wind velocity, relative humidity. Right. So we stream in those factors. So when we give you a number, like eight kilograms an hour or nine kilograms an hour, you can rest assured that those numbers can vary between plus or minus 10%, but right. they are right on the money. Okay, a couple things. My yeah, head's sure. Because this That's is okay, cool. sir. I, I get excited about this one because there's so much here. Now, your end-user uh, screens have got to have a good UI and user yeah. interface. Yep. So, and these are updated. Now, I'm going to ask technical on your satellite, not technical. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, are, you, are you using Elon uh, in order to get your stuff up there? Or well, you... I'm sure. Well, we don't own the satellite. So let's just make that clear. We contract with the satellite company. So we're using companies like Airbus, nice. um, Maxar, Planet yeah. Labs. Now, they, I am sure, or certainly Planet Labs, I know for sure, is using Elon Musk as a ride into space. Right. Good. I got, we got to support him. He is such yeah. a... Yeah, he's a genius. I mean, beyond genius. Uh, um, I love him. Now, so yeah. the UI, uh, I'd love to get some screenshots. So Although, we can... sir, if we're, speaking with, if we're speaking with oil and gas, remember, they prefer not to drive electric cars, perhaps. No, I, I, I tell you what. Just a thought. Just a thought, sir. Uh, I am I am a um, agnostic. Uh, oh, I see. Hang on, I'm a humanitarian first. Got it. And energy agnostic. It's got to be the lowest kilowatt per hour delivered right. to the end users with the least right. amount of impact on the environment. That right. leaves electric cars mostly out uh, because right. the batteries. We have child abuse in, in coming in and these kind of things. I believe that Elon will figure this out yeah. and that there will be a certain market. And I think he will be a survivor as he gets all this figured out. Now, I'm supporting him because he supported Twitter and, and his yep. rocket ships and, and everything else. I, I believe the man is absolutely a godsend for the United States yeah. and the world. Now, uh, the insurance companies are going to take the uh, the EVs out. Uh, I think we need to use uh, if we if we were going to use it. Let's you know, Sean, whether or not uh, carbon is a actual pollutant or is it a feedstock for plants, you know that is a whole other animal. Right. I'm not right, going to get into. Right. So uh, I think that EVs are terrible. Uh, you're going to start seeing uh, from the standpoint of the roads, 
the parking garages are now having stuff. We're talking trillions upon trillions of dollars around the world to try to even get to this. And nobody's talking about that second order of magnitude of the EVs. So now, uh, anyway, so you and I could have more fun on all these other kind of topics. But uh, as you talk, you're asking me about UI and our user interface. Yeah. And then I got sidetracked squirrel. And and so we we, got it, sir. um, The the UI interface. So if I am Duke Energy. And you have your folks here on the on the UI. I'm sure that you don't have to be a rocket scientist for Elon in order to use it. Right. So all of our data is published within three to four hours of collecting the data. No way. Yes. So we're using AI at its finest, and we're using the cloud, either AWS, which is Amazon, or Microsoft Azure. And literally, with that computing power, you as the customer you can determine that you want to set what we call alerts and alarms. Oh yeah. You set the sensitivity, you set the nomenclature, the language, the symbol, the colors. Right. And you could be a recipient of text or email alerts if you wish. Number 1. Right. Number 2, you could log on, of course, high security, and you get to see the Duke Energy portion of the world that's only yours. Nice. And you can then visually look at the alerts. And they are very easily presented. Remember, we tell you where it is, we right. tell you what it is, and we tell you how bad it is. Measurement, for want of a better word. Now, we don't just think about the people sat in a nice, comfortable office. What about the people that do the hard work that are out there going to remediate and fix? You bet. So we allow them to use their smartphone or tablet without any cell or without any internet connection. We call it Satellitics OTG, on the go. Nice. And they can get the access to the same data in the field without any connectivity. They can then remediate, take investigative photographs, record other data that's essential, perhaps. And then when they get back to a connected world in their office, in the hotel, back at home, it will synchronize it all back up as one record for the convenience of the company. Holy smokes, Batman. This is cool. Let me ask yeah. this. Because We're not too far from Toledo, Stu, because you can use that now reference to Batman. <laughs> I could say, holy Toledo, right? <laughs> because uh, when I was, uh, I put in all these intelligent well pads, thousands of well, yeah. uh, intelligent well pads. Yeah. And we put in the thermal cameras aimed at yeah. the tanks. Um, yeah. And so we would set it up. We'd have the alerts and everything else yeah. or the, the breezes as they would... Uh, come through, but this is even more midstream. This is even more. Uh, I mean, this could be anything uh, uh, because you're not having uh, a pad's different or a well site is different. You can be just everywhere looking at this. So let me give you a broader spectrum. Okay. We, our first project was looking at Lake Erie and toxic algae blooms. You can't say that anymore. It's not politically correct. You've got to call them harmful algae blooms. But And that was phosphorus, phycocyanin, and chlorophyll, where we measure every 30 centimeter, one foot by one foot, in parts per billion for those chemicals. Wow. Then, then BP asked us to look at 26,000 bodies of water on the north slope of Alaska for arsenic, barium, iron, manganese, and copper. So. The application of the science and what we do really has little bearing. 
as long as there is a spectral signature, the, the pattern in light, right. we could tell you the tree speciation. So our friends at BP said, okay, we may be in a carbon offset world. Right. Can you now tell us this part of the forest that we own? And can you give us all the health, the tree height, and the tree speciation? And then we can feed that into our calculation of carbon offset. So you can see the use of this technology. Yeah, We've got 48 algorithms. We serve nine different market segments. But to your very astute point, the imagination is the only endless limit to what this could eventually be applied for. And the beauty of satellite data is that you don't need permission to look. Nobody needs to know you're looking. And right. the scale of which you can accumulate data is just extraordinary. Okay. Uh, on the methane leaks, uh, carbon leaks, and everything else as you're doing this, how often are the satellites rolling over? Yep. Because uh, yeah, good question. You, uh, you mentioned uh, the pipelines. I worked for a pipeline company a bazillion years ago. Uh, Moses and Who I. Who was that, Stu? Who was uh, it? Trans Oak Pipeline uh, okay. out of Oklahoma, and yep. they've been bought several times. I think they were bought by Williams Companies. Yeah. And I used to have to walk the pipelines, and yeah. and I mean, I was yeah. I was a pipeliner. I would walk and yep. look. We'd get to the pig points where we were pigging them, but you had to walk every pipeline every year in order to do it. Then you then they got to the point where they were flying them. Um, how often do the satellites come over? Because if you have a lake in the Permian, are they coming over every hour? Are they coming over every, because, you know, back right. then when I found a leak, it was months, days yeah. in between those that came down to an air airplane. They were flying yeah. that you still didn't, you could have flown over. Right. Uh, and now with the cameras and those kind of things, it got down to hours. Right. Um, if your satellite is only coming over every day or something, you could be 12 hours before a response. Right. So you've got a lot of great questions packed in there. Let me see if I can pull them out and give you sort of sound bites that would be really <laughs> helpful. So still today, the regulation says you have to walk the line. You know, okay. the reason that pipelines and this, I'm, I wasn't around the time, but this is my best understanding. The original reason behind flying pipelines was there was a glut of World War II pilots that came back from World War II, and they used to fly the lines. Now, today, when you think about the human detecting anything, there's a great fallibility. It's very easy to make a mistake. Yep. So walking the line, uh, and I'll take you to Duke Energy, their goal in using advanced leak detection, that's what it's referred to as, or new technologies is that they will eliminate the need to walk the line and only send resources where they need to go to remediate. Okay, so that's a very here's the here's the corollary benefit to that. Number one, you're not sending people from a health and safety perspective into right. challenging areas. You're reducing windshield time. You're reducing insurance risks. Okay, because of accidents and that that happen. Yep. And the beauty of it for the public is that you are now sending somebody to remediate, in this case, a methane leak, making it with a very high degree that they need their services and their skill sets there, and very quickly eliminating that emission, making the world a safer place, right? I mean, let, let's just lay it on the line. Now, satellites. 
Today, you can revisit almost anywhere a daily. There are a couple of satellites that offer multiple times a day. A satellite, Stu, overpasses the local area between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. local time. Generally speaking, I mean, there, there may be some variances to that. Now, today, our most frequent customer is multiple times a week, up to four times a week. There is so much money being spent above the Earth's surface by either new satellite companies or existing satellite companies, companies like Airbus, Planet Labs, um, uh, they, the, the shortly into 2026, 2028, yep. you'll be able to revisit anywhere in the world multiple times an hour. That's right. the type of investment that's, that's being piloted. Right now with one of our customers, we're even doing some nighttime satellite work, looking at street lamps that are not working at nighttime. Way. Because there's a lot of money being spent in the utilities where you know, street lights are not efficiently working and therefore we can pinpoint where they are for them. That's also now, a second order effect of safety. Yeah, of course. Of course it is. So into let's say, let's be sort of a little more generous. Into 2030 and beyond. Right. I think the ubiquitous way that we consume data will be from satellite. Whether you're listening to satellite radio, which is obviously all perfected, or Elon is bringing cheap internet access with his Starlink constellation, or you're using, with all due respect to the others, a little more sophisticated stuff like we are, where we're using the near-infrared, we're using the shortwave infrared, and the next generation of satellites, which are hyperspectral which means they've got more bands, which means you can see more things from more bands, generally speaking. Wow. You know, my vision, yep. if, if, if I was sort of to pontificate a little bit, yeah, I see the day into the future where instead of us taking the raw data that comes from the satellite and processing it, yep. I actually would like to see a day where we have the virtual black box on the back of the satellite. In, and the only thing that comes to Earth is the alert, the result, so that we could literally get down to a sub-hour for delivering results of alerts and alarms so that you can act on them. It's interesting. I can, I'm sitting here thinking of about 15 different technical things in order to solve that for you. So Well, well that would be great. I, I, I just, it's a bit of a vision, but, you know, as a company, we've always been known as disruptive. And, you know, there are days when that's the leading edge and there are days when that's the bleeding edge, as you can imagine. Oh, yeah. Um, you and I, if we were in school together, we would be disruptive. I think the high school teachers would want to throw us out. Well, funny enough, as you should say, I always thought D was a great grade. <laughs> because it was duh good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, of course, my mom said, well, your last name's Donegan. So I wasn't so upset that it wasn't, you know, Abraham. Billy Bob or Charlie? Wait, I leave that Billy Bob out of there, man. Because yeah. Sue Bob was my name. Uh, one of the things, though, on safety for the pipelines. Yeah, I was walking a pipeline one time, and I had my head down, and we had to carry paint so that we would paint the yeah. poles as I climbed over the. And I'm doping along, and I ended up in a Brahma bull farm, and I'm sitting there looking like a dope around, and all these Brahma bulls did not like me in right. their field. Right. I guarantee you, I could outrun a Brahma bull, but I had to dive over a barbed wire fence and ended up wow. getting tangled in it. And the team wow. thought it was a 
funniest thing they've ever seen. Yeah. Maybe a plane or a satellite any day. Yeah. 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 Well, you obviously weren't wearing Old Spice, which the Bulls <laughs> don't like. You and I would be a dangerous outfit. If we yeah, were. we could be a great comedy act. I have to tell you, Stu, my, I came to the United States in 1989. Right. And um, my you first ever business back. trip was to the Alabama Electric Cooperative in Andalusia, Alabama. Nice. And I, I'll, I'll keep the chap's name, but I met this very lovely chap, and I'm fresh off the boat, and um, so to speak. And, you know, when we had a business meeting, Many years later, we laughed that we both needed a translator because I didn't have a clue what he was saying, yep. and he didn't have a clue what I was saying. But oh, somehow man. we got through it. And, you know, to this day, my favorite city is Birmingham, Alabama, to visit anywhere in the United States. Well, uh, I was working with a bunch of folks in uh, uh, Louisiana. Yeah. And uh, is actually... Uh, a supercomputer with uh, X number gigabit of computing power. I, I couldn't understand. He almost sounded Biden-like right. now. I don't know. Right. Uh, but, you know, having a Texas Okie and a Louisianan sounds like your meeting that you just had. Right, right, right. I, there's no way I understand uh, the beloved people in Louisiana. I do not understand that one. I I, I, I used to visit, I had a lot of customers in, in Utah, Salt Lake City. Yep. Before 9-11, so, you know, everybody was allowed down the concourse in the good old days when we were all normal. Right. And uh, my first instinct was, you know, uh, I am I was brought up Catholic. My dad's Irish. My mom's English. We won't get into that because my grandmother on my mother's side didn't like my father. He was a drunken Irishman. But Holy that's okay. God. He was a pretty good father for many, 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 many years um, and a devoted husband. But um, – so when I went to this uh, to Salt Lake City, of course, home of the LDS, uh, Church of the Latter-day Saints, and I couldn't believe that nobody was at the gate greeting me with balloons and uh, signs saying, welcome to Utah. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but the whole extended family, when these young people come back from mission, they're all there to greet them. And, you know, I was looking for the same greeting. Never happened. Story of my life. A few French fries short of a Happy Meal. Well, I worked for Novell for years. Oh, yeah, Utah. Provo, yeah. Utah, right? You bet. And loved uh, all my bosses were yeah. uh, in the LDS church. Yeah. Loved yeah. them. Yeah. Fantastic bosses. Uh, yeah. And uh, so I, I love Utah. Love skiing yeah. there. Now, where are you going in the next? What's coming around the corner for you, Sean? So um, outside, of course, as you know, I told you we have 48 different algorithms. We add three or four new ones a year. Wow. For the oil and gas industry, the big one for us is hydrogen. Um, in October of last year, we released in Adipec at Abu Dhabi at one of the large shows, we released an ability to monitor NOx, SOx, and H2S, again, in the gases. Yep. Um, hydrogen is quick off the the the... Uh, is in the laboratory being developed now, um, but our goal is that we will be able to, do, you know, hydrogen will be added to the to the gang, so to speak. Right. And then one that we've added to the gang recently, we've done the ground truthing. So in order for us to get to measurements, Stu, just a little bit of a sidetrack, right. we actually go to the extent of ground truthing. So when it comes to methane, companies like BP, Anadarko, 
Right. Um, they did metered controlled releases across, and in BP's case, across the world and even over water, because we're one of the only companies that can detect and measure methane over water, so offshore platforms or onshore. Wow. And um, in that process of what we call ground truthing, it yeah. allows us to get to a measurement, and that's really critical for our customers. Yes. Um, so <clears throat> the to come back to what I said, one, and watch this space, PFAS, capital P, capital F, capital A, capital S. PFAS is a, uh, and how we detect it is a lot of, a, a, there was a firefighting foam called AFFF, aqueous film forming foam. And it was developed by some of the well-known chemical companies in the United States. But sadly, it has a carcinogenic in it. And it was used, whether you had a real fire or you had a, you know, a, 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 a drill, it was used across the world widely. And about six years ago, I saw a very interesting conversation by a woman of the DOD. And I said, look, um, to my chief scientist, we've got to look at this. And about two years later, BP approached me and said, what do you know about PFAS? And um, we had already started. It's one of these detections wow. on land and water. Um, it penetrates the aquifer. Um, now you're going to see not only oil and gas, but people like airports, uh, fire departments, the DOD, and you're going to see water and wastewater industry looking for these tracks of these chemicals because they do cause um, is testicular cancer, I think, is the, the negative outcome of these chemicals. So um, that's going to be another huge area for us to detect, monitor, and show. But, I mean, we keep marching on um, in the oil and gas arena, looking at both upstream, midstream, and downstream, and right. on and offshore, and helping the customers around those industries reduce and achieve their net zero goals and beyond. But beyond that, they want to have operational excellency. I've never seen an executive ever that says, I'm okay with emissions. They all want to leave the planet in a better place than when they came for their children and grandchildren. That's one of the most un, un, understood issues in the oil and gas space. Yeah. I got about 16 more things here real quick. Yeah, yeah, here, I, 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 I keep thinking I've got a attention deficit disorder because I always think about 15 questions. Okay. That's okay, sir. Uh, hydrogen in the uh, natural gas pipelines. And I'm, I'm going to make this assumption on your product right now that you're good enough that you can separate out uh, any of the methane molecules from the hydrogen molecules if they put the new turbines on the pipeline because the uh, hydrogen leaks out at a different rate um, than does the natural gas uh, and with the methane emissions. So I'm assuming that that would be one of the things that they would be able to really focus in on on a hydrogen. The EU so, is putting in a gigantic hydrogen corridor. Yeah. So the checkpoint, I mean, obviously, we're in development of it today. But obviously, the right. goal would be, as we do with many other gas speciation differentiations, is it would have a different pattern in light. So right. our, our goals, our, our um, algorithms are targeted at identifying the specific constituent. And that's the general term we use. Okay. Uh, you know, for looking at methane or gas. Um, actually, where I thought you were going to go is we actually also look at the composition of methane. So anything greater with a percentage of 25% methane, we will detect. Nice. 
So, See, you know, exactly, that's where I was going because that's a better yeah. sort of question. So yeah. I was thinking that, but you yeah. articulated it. Right. You're too nice. The <laughs> other thing, of course, is when you look at infrastructure, yeah. what's critical is the client share with you infrastructure. Spatial resolution is very important. And what that means is right. what does the dot on the computer screen represent geographically on the ground? Satellites above all the others. We only use the very highest spatial resolution. Why? It lets us pinpoint the source. So, you know, you've got these people on Bloomberg News uh, telling you're a super admitter, but what they're really capturing is the wastewater treatment plant down the road because they don't have the granularity or the, you, you know, not cow poop because they don't have the sensitivity to go that low. But if you've got a cow field alongside of your pipeline, you want to admit and not send resources that are valuable to go and, you know, look at cow poop. Right. That's a whole different animal. Yeah, so to speak. <laughs> you and I would make a great game show host team. Well, I'm uh, not sure. You, you, I've got a face for radio, my mother said. Well, I have to shave my back because I have a cape that comes out behind Oh, me. I see. Got it, got it, got it. But got I'll it. tell you what, you know, uh, either I'm going to uh, sponsor you guys or you need to sponsor us in order to help get you into the entire oil and gas and energy market. So we got to work on a way yep. to help spread the word of your company because you've got answers for some of the biggest problems around. Yep. And financially, it's going to be probably the biggest financial problems all of these big and small companies are about to face. Yes. I, 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 yes. I couldn't be any more serious yeah. how how uh, excited I am about our visit today, Sean. I mean. Well, it's a, a pleasure, Stu. We'll send you some satellites uh, paraphernalia so, you know, you can wear the hat, go out with the umbrella. We've got, you know, are you a volleyball player? Uh, no. Okay, so I won't send you the speedos that have got satellites is the greatest software company on your backside. Okay, um, probably not a good idea to go out in public with those either. But we'll send you some paraphernalia. I swam uh, AAU competition for thirteen years, uh, so yes, I used to wear a speedo. Oh, there we go. Maybe we could get you to bob out of the water every thirty seconds, so they could have the satellites name on TV. No, uh, for, uh, butterfly was my stroke. So well, there we go. I mean, what more can I say? You're a perfect candidate. I no, now my uh, would not work. But with that is signing off. How do people find you, Sean? Um, well, we obviously satellites.com. Um, they can send me a message directly. S Donigan at satellites.com. And my cell phone, if anybody wants to pick up, because I'm a CEO that's out with customers every day, always love to hear from people and their feedback, 440-725-6135. Wow. A CEO that gives out his number. I Absolutely. Press. Don't get to be the CEO without making sure you listen and work with customers directly. Wow. Uh, I cannot wait to get you some customers. Thank so, you, Stu. An absolute pleasure, sir. You are such a pro. Really, really enjoyed it. Well, thank I you. hope next time I'm there, we can go out for dinner and laugh more about some of the crazy Donegan family stories. I'll tell I, I, you about the day my mother, my father ran over my mother's false teeth when she took them out. I cannot wait. <laughs> With that, thank you, everybody, so much. All right. Great pleasure.